Well, good morning. Normally, we would have a video that plays right there, so this transition is less awkward. Um, but I didn't have one this morning, so welcome to the awkwardness. This is my moment. Um, hey, I want to say uh, very happy Memorial Day weekend to everybody. Um, yeah, yeah, that's, that's a good place to clap, right? We love our military around here. Um, you know, we are very blessed to be in the country that we are in. Um, and uh, we thank all of the fallen soldiers out there and um, those who are here with us. We are very happy that you are in our presence, and uh, we could not be uh, in this country the way that we are without you. So thank you very, very much. Yeah. So this morning, uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about, uh, you, you can see behind me, it's not what it looks like, right? So uh, this concept... Now, that slide really is what it looks like, but I'm saying the idea of <laughs> it's not what it looks like, okay? And um, so I, I, I had back issues um, whenever I was uh, coming out of high school through sports and um, going into college, and um, so I was about 22 or so, and I had re-injured my back pretty good and uh, decided to go to a chiropractor. Anybody like chiropractors in here? Yeah, yeah, some of you, and some of you are like, they're the devil, and <clears throat> they popped my neck, and all of this, that was interesting. Um, so my first time actually going to a chiropractor, uh, and uh, I, I show up, and they say, hey, all right, so they're doing all the, you know, initial questions and whatnot, asking me what I've experienced and what I haven't, and um, they ask me, have you, ever, uh, have you ever done stem therapy before? Has anybody heard of stem therapy a few of you, yeah, 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 yeah. All right, so I didn't know what this was, and I said, well, no, I, I haven't ever done it. And she goes on to explain, well, it's uh, where we send electronic signals uh, through the muscles, and what that does is it helps relax your muscles and uh, decrease inflammation so that we can make the adjustments that we need to make. She's like, it's, it's, it's really relaxing. All the people around here, we all love it. It's, it's a really incredible thing uh, to experience. And you know, this is your first time with us, so... Um, we're going to offer it to you for free for your first time. And I'm like, great, I get to relax. You know, this sounds good, new technology, whatever. My back will feel better. So I say, sure, sign me up, let's do that. Um, so as we're walking down the hall to this STEM therapy room, she's explaining, you know, how relaxed I'm going to feel and try not to go to sleep and all of this business, right? And I get there, I get uh, to this room, and there is a line out of the room. Um, th this, there are people waiting like Six Flags to get to this thing. <laughs> and so she says, since this is your first time, we're actually going to bump you up to the front of the line. I'm like, well, thank you very much. I deserve that. Taking notes here. And so we walk into this room, and there's people laying down all around the room on these little little bed things, and um, they all look happy. So I'm thinking, this is going to be incredible. I can't wait because I'm in a lot of pain. And so I lay down, and, I, you know, I've, I've got the whole, like, you know, sleeping pose thing. And she says, all right, so I'm going to put these electrodes on your back. And she does that. She said, okay, now, um, on a scale of 1 to 10, what's your pain tolerance? That is not the question you should be asking me if we're talking about relaxing here. And I don't want to sound like a little girl, but at the same time, I don't want to sound like, you know, I'm thinking in my head, like, well, what's the scale? Is it that a random, like, 
It's, it's very subjective, scale of one to 10. Is like 10 my arms and legs being ripped off? Because I certainly don't want that. But like, is one, you know, being tickled with a flower? I, you know, I don't know. Can you give me some more clarification on what I'm rating myself on? Because I don't want that. And so I'm thinking, all right, well, let's go kind of a little bit more than halfway, right? So six, how about a six on the pain meter so that I can relax? <laughs> I didn't know. And so she says, okay, that's where we'll start. And so I'm laying there and she said, okay, you're going to feel it in three, two, <laughs> got to turn it down. <laughs> Oh my gosh, it was awful. It was so terrible. This is not relaxing. What she should have done is started out at the one and worked our way up. And, and so it was, it was not at all what it looked like it was supposed to be. And I swear this lady didn't know what she was doing. It had to be her first day on the job. That was an awful experience and I never did it again. Bye. There are different experiences in life where uh, it's not quite what we thought it was going to be. It's, there's something more to it. There's more information that we need, right? Maybe they're, they're, it's, it's not the whole picture that you see whenever you first walk in. And so what we're going to be talking about today is, is this idea of getting the whole picture, getting, getting everything uh, beyond what we can see. And this morning... As Christians, we should really be excited about this idea because here's, what, here's where we're going to be landing the plane a little bit, okay? It's this idea that God has the ability, as, as Christ followers, God has the ability to speak into us and show us stuff that, that we can't see with our physical eyes. God has the ability to come into a situation and show us the stuff that nobody else can see. Now, if you're not a Christian in here, I'm, I'm sorry, but you don't have access to that. And that sounds a little bit harsh. I realize that. But, but here's the thing. As Christ followers, we are directly connected to the God of the universe. And so as a result, the Holy Spirit comes in. These are, this is one of the spiritual gifts. It's a spiritual gift of discernment, okay? One of the spiritual gifts. And, and, and there's a couple of other gifts wrapped into this, okay? We have the opportunity for the Spirit to speak into us in a moment to where we can discern the situation that's happening in front of us. Now, this is not, this is not just reading people, okay, because any salesperson can read somebody. This is not reading people. This is God all of a sudden speaking in and saying, look, there's something different that you can't see. And, and as Christ followers, we need, to, we need to be okay with that idea that, you know what? Jesus did not just come to get us to heaven. He didn't just come. If, if it was all about us just going to heaven, then as soon as we are saved, we should die on the spot. Like, that would be the fulfillment, right? But that's not what it is. So, yes, that is a gigantic part of Jesus, all right, is salvation going to heaven? But here's, let, let me offer this to you, okay? As we look at, at the idea of, of the Holy Spirit working inside of us and Jesus coming to save us, whenever we are, are, are told to go and preach the gospel, the gospel is not just Jesus died and rose again so that you could go to heaven. Because let me tell you something, be honest with you. If you are around somebody who doesn't believe in heaven and hell, then that message doesn't preach. 
Okay, so let me say that one more time. If, if you are trying to preach to somebody who doesn't believe in heaven and hell, the message of heaven does not preach. But what does preach is whenever all of a sudden you have supernatural insight into a situation that you should have no knowledge of, no understanding of, and all of a sudden you're speaking into that moment and that person who doesn't believe in heaven or hell knows there's no way you should know what's going on right now in my head. How many times did Jesus, uh, did, did it say in the Bible that Jesus knew their thoughts? Right? And, and all of a sudden, that's where the conversation went. Jesus knew their thoughts, and that's where the conversation went. You know, we're around people all the time. We're guarded. As, as people, we are guarded individuals. Sometimes we're so guarded, we don't even know what we're guarding. That's, that's, that's true. And, and for some of you who have, have come through those moments, like, you understand that. Right? You understand, man, the, I, I didn't even know that I was dealing with this. And then God showed it to me. Right? And so in a guarded world, we need the power, the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit so that we can preach the gospel. Sometimes we need to preach the gospel to ourselves. And that's, the, that's that we serve a supernatural God who does stuff here on this earth. He doesn't wait to get to heaven before he shows you his power. And so today as we look at it's not what it looks like, we're looking at this idea that the supernatural God of the universe for his Christ followers, gives us access to know things in the world that we are operating in that nobody else should know. That's partially spirit of discernment. Maybe it's partially a, a word of knowledge, word of wisdom. Maybe it's a, a spirit of prophecy that all of a sudden comes into our lives and all of a sudden we're, we're changing the game. So, I wanted to give that to you so that you could understand a little bit where we were headed. Let's go to uh, let's go to Second Chronicles. All right, go with me to Second Chronicles chapter thirty-two. Second Chronicles chapter thirty-two. Now we're going to be talking about uh, Hezekiah this morning. All right. And for those of you who are new with us, we like scripture, okay? Because if anybody's saying stuff, like they can create a whole message out of one verse, well, that's nice, but I like to be able to support everything so that by the time I'm done talking, you don't have questions, right? And, and we can find all of the questions, um, all of the answers to our questions in scripture. God, I, all right, I'm going to get on a soapbox for a second. There are so many people that believe that the Bible is ininterpretable, all right? It's like the God of the universe had the foresight to write everything down so that we could live by his words and then expect that 2,000 years later it wouldn't be relevant to your life. Does that make sense? No. He wrote everything down so that we can understand his words. And sometimes it can be confusing. And if, if all you do is read and you never ask questions, you're never going to understand. You know, going back to Pastor Corey's sermon last week, it's okay to ask questions. But let me tell you something. He wrote this stuff down so that we could understand it. To say that it was only for people 2,000 years ago lacks insight. It is for today, and it can be understood. It takes work. It takes effort. But the God of the universe wants to speak to you. 
Let's go to uh, chapter 32 here. And, and this is uh, talking about Hezekiah. Hezekiah was a king, um, and uh, we have Sennacherib, all right? I'm probably saying that name wrong, but Sennacherib, uh, he was the king of Assyria, all right? And uh, we're going to start out with verses 2 through 4, because here's what happens. Sennacherib starts invading the different uh, cities and countries around, and uh, Hezekiah is the king of a, uh, of a province uh, called Judah, which has different cities in it. And Sennacherib has started invading uh, some of the cities that are in Judah. Um, now, when Hezekiah saw that Sennacherib had come and that he had intended to make war on Jerusalem, he decided with his officers and his warriors to cut off the supply of water from the springs which were outside the city, and they helped him. So many people assembled and stopped up all the springs in the stream which flowed through the region, saying, why should the king of Assyria come and find abundant water? Now, here's what's happening. So if you read on a little bit further, uh, they continue to make preparations for war. All right, this is, this is where we're going to circle around, all right, in, in, in this kind of sphere of relationship, all right? There are attacks that happen. There are conflicts that happen with people in your life. And the first thing that we want to do is prepare ourselves for the conflict. Right? Hezekiah has seen the conflict coming, and he starts preparing himself for war. You go on, and he's making swords and shields, getting the people ready, getting the people on his side so that he can do battle. Right? He's, he's getting himself ready to do some battle here. All right? And then uh, we're going to go on down here. Verse 10, thus says Sennacherib, king of Assyria, on what are you trusting that you are remaining in Jerusalem under siege? All right, now, here's the thing. So Sennacherib sends these messengers with this message, and now they're, they're sending it to Hezekiah, but they're going to make it known to everybody that they're, they're coming for war. They're coming with conflict. All right, and they're trying to put Hezekiah down in the process. Is not Hezekiah misleading you to give yourselves over to die by hunger and by thirst, saying, the Lord our God will deliver us from the hand of the king of Assyria? Has not the same Hezekiah taken away his high places and his altars and said to Judah and Jerusalem, you shall worship before one altar and on it you shall burn incense? Do you not know what I and my fathers have done to all the peoples of the lands? Were the gods of the nations of the lands able all, at all to deliver their land from my hand? Who was there among all the gods of those nations which my fathers utterly destroyed? Who could deliver his people out of my hand, that your God should be able to deliver you from my hand? Now, therefore, do not let Hezekiah deceive you or mislead you like this. Do not believe him. For no God of any nation or kingdom was able to deliver his people from my hand or from the hand of my fathers. How much less will your God deliver you from my hand? His servants spoke further against the Lord God and against his servant Hezekiah. He also wrote letters to insult the Lord God of Israel and to speak against him, saying, As the gods of the nations of the lands have not delivered their people from my hand, so the God of Hezekiah will not deliver his people from my hand. They called this out with a loud voice in the language of Judah to the people of Jerusalem who were on the wall to frighten and terrify them so that they might take the city. They spoke of the God of Jerusalem as of the gods of the peoples of the earth, 
the work of men's hands. So we've got this conflict brewing. All right, he started, he started attacking other cities, and he's brought a message against Hezekiah and God and, and saying, Hezekiah is going to deceive you. You don't need to listen to him. He's wrong, right? We encounter that all the time. Anybody at work ever encountered that? They didn't turn that stuff in on time, right? Don't, I, I, listen, they don't know what they're doing. You need to fire them, <laughs> right? They go to the boss. Your boss comes to you, right? You've been doing your job really, really well, and your boss is never flipping happy with you, no matter what you do. What about your spouse? Don't go there. <laughs> what about your spouse, right? Man, I do the dishes all the time, and you never help, right? Or you don't treat the kids the way that you're supposed to treat them. Right? What about, what about a, a close friend? A close friend. You know, I don't know, that, I don't know that God's really doing this in your life right now. I know that you think you're receiving blessing right now, but you really need to be careful. I don't think that that's... I don't think that's... So... We encounter these conflicts. The messengers have been sent. But let's go to Isaiah and see what Hezekiah does. Isaiah uh, chapter 37. Chapter 37. Then Hezekiah, oh, I'm sorry, I'm in verse 14. Then Hezekiah took the letter from the hand of the messengers and read it. All right, so this is important. That, they were shouting this out so that everybody could hear it. Did he need to read it or did he just hear it? He heard it. Then Hezekiah took the letter from the hand of the messengers and read it. And here's the, here's the critical part. And he went up to the house of the Lord and spread it out before the Lord. Hezekiah prayed to the Lord saying, O Lord of hosts, the God of Israel who is enthroned above the cherubim. You are the God, you alone of all the kingdoms of the earth. You have made heaven and earth. Incline your ear, O Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, O Lord, and see. And listen to all the words of Sennacherib who sent them to reproach who? To reproach who? The living God, yeah. So I thought that it was about Hezekiah. I thought he was coming to attack and make war on Jerusalem. I thought he was trying to take Hezekiah out. And, and Hezekiah was prepared for that, right? But then he gets this message. He gets these letters. He starts reading it. And he realizes, wait a second. He sent them to reproach the living God. Truly, O Lord, the kings of Assyria have devastated all the countries and their lands and have cast their gods into the fire. For they were not gods, but the work of men's hands, wood and stone. So they have destroyed them. Now, O Lord, our God, deliver us from his hand that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you alone, Lord, are God. Now, here's the thing that's a, a big difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament, okay? After Jesus dies and is resurrected, he sends the Holy Spirit to live inside of us, 
okay? And, and, and as soon as we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us, and, and he's there at that moment, right? And he's with us. Now, in the Old Testament, we see where the Holy Spirit came down on people at different times as he discerned the right times. And so I believe, and it doesn't say this here, so you can take this for what it is. I believe in that moment that the messengers came, there was a voice of the Holy Spirit that spoke to Hezekiah, and Hezekiah realized, wait a second, we've been preparing the city for war because we've been thinking he's coming to attack us, but he's not coming to attack us. He's coming to attack God. We're just the ones that are in the way. Is it possible that as you encounter different conflicts in your life, is it possible that as you are engaged in different relationships in your life, that whenever those people are attacking you, you think that they're attacking you, but they're actually attacking themselves. They're actually attacking their, da their dad, who, who may have neglected them. They're actually attacking their boyfriend. They're actually attacking whoever else. But you think that you're the one that's getting attacked. Is it possible that you're just in the way. Man, and I love this next part. Let's go to verse 33. This is where God responds. This is where God responds. Therefore, thus says the Lord concerning the king of Assyria, he will not come to this city or shoot an arrow there and he will not come before it with a shield or throw up a siege ramp against it. By the way that he came, by the same he will return, and he will not come to this city, declares the Lord. For I will defend this city to save it for my own sake and for my servant David's sake. Then the angel of the Lord went out and struck 185,000 in the camp of the Assyrians. When the men arose early in the morning, behold, all of these were dead. So Sennacherib, king of Assyria, departed and returned home and lived at Nineveh. It came about as he was worshiping in the house of Nisroch, his god, that Adramelech and Sherazar, his sons, killed him with the sword. And they escaped into the land of Ararat. And whatever the heck his name's son is... Became king in his place. Man, I love that. Man, his whole thing, Sennacherib, his, his whole deal was he thought he was God. That was the conquest. It wasn't, it wasn't I need to go conquer these cities because I just want to take over cities. His whole thing was, I have a deep insecurity in my life that leads me to believe that everybody else in the world is better than me, and I've got to go freaking prove them wrong, that their God is not God, that I am God. And Hezekiah, you're just in the way. And God comes in, he says, no, 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 listen, you think you're God. Because you've had deep insecurities in your life that need to be dealt with. And I'm going to, unfortunately, at your expense at this point, I'm going to have to show you that you're not God. And his offspring kill him. Listen, as you encounter different conflicts in this life, as you encounter different relational issues in this life, as Christ followers... 
before we respond, our correct uh, spiritual response is to take a step back and pray and say, God, are they actually attacking me right now or am I just in the way? You know, I had uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was, I was, man, God had laid this on my heart and um, I had a close friend of mine uh, that I had interaction with um, just a week and a half ago. Uh, and, man, it was, it was incredible. God was showing me this and then forcing me to live it out. Pastors, don't we hate that? <clears throat> I, had, I had written a blog post um, about God's protection. And um, this close friend sent me uh, an email that was pretty dang harsh in return. Uh, and, man, initially, as, as I read through it, I was thinking, man, this person is angry with me over this. And man, God spoke to me in the moment and said, no, 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 it's not about you. This email is not about you. This anger has nothing to do with you. This anger has everything to do with me. And can I just tell you how that changes our response Whenever I was able to realize this has nothing to do with me, now all of a sudden, where I normally would want to send a nasty email back, right? Come on, anybody has sent a nasty email in here? Hello. Yeah. Who sent that nasty email, right? Uh, this isn't a nasty email, and this is really a sidetrack. One time, I got so pumped up from watching motivational videos that I sent my boss an email that said, I don't need a raise from you because I'm going to make $100,000. All you have to do is sit there and watch me. <laughs> that, was, that was a real email that I sent. It was funny. It wasn't here, just so you know. <laughs> that was funny. Anyway, that was a real email. My boss thankfully received it well. But we've... We, We've wanted to send, we've wanted to send those, those nasty emails in return, right? But here's what happened. Because God spoke into my heart and said, hey, Brantley, this isn't about you. This is about their issues with me. They have questions for me. You need to get out of the way and help them find me. Sometimes we are so prideful and arrogant that we believe that everything centers in on us. If you have uh, 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 praises, then, then it's about me. If you have issues, it's about me. If you have anything, it's about me. And we like to take things and turn it around to where it's all about me. But sometimes as Christ followers, we have that extra call on our lives to respond differently. Our response as Christ followers is to lean into God and say, God, you are the God of the universe. You are the creator of my spirit. You have directly connected me to you and given me access to you. Therefore, my response from this day moving forward is to take a step back, not take a step forward. And by taking a step back, I will be able to move forward in my relationship with you. I will be able to move forward in this relationship. And that's the kind of stuff that gets the non-believers to say, holy crap, this stuff is real. We take that step back. We say, God, can you give me some kind of insight into this? 
so that I can help them not further the hurt. Anybody in here have dogs? Dog lovers? Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, so we just got a dog a couple of weeks ago, Ruthie. Ruthie Ann, to be exact, because we had to give it a middle name. Southern dog, Ruthie Ann. No, it's not Ruthie Ann, it's Ruthie May. Ann is my daughter's middle name. Don't tell her I, I got those confused. All right. We've only had one girl in the house for the past six years. Now we have a dog to her, and... You're going to steal. You boo now, but you're going to steal it. <laughs> well, you know, we've been coaching our kids on what you're allowed to do with a dog, what you're not allowed to do. One of the things we tell them is, hey, listen, whenever they are eating, don't mess with them because they'll turn around and snap at you, right? I remember growing up, I had that same lesson taught to me. Um, one time I tested that limit anyway, and it turned around, sure enough, and it snapped, all right? Thankfully, I wasn't injured in the process, one of the other things, though, is that whenever a dog gets hurt, right, you, you don't want to mess with it while it's hurt like that. Um, and, and here's the thing. Uh, for those of you who have, have ever had this happen, it's happened to me. Your dog gets hurt. Maybe you can't see the hurt uh, that, that is on that dog because the fur covers it over. And so you come over, and you're petting it. Oh, such a good girl. And then all of a sudden, that dog turns around because you, you petted the wrong spot where it's hurt. It turns around and snaps at you. Let me ask you something. Would you consider that a bad dog? What would you consider it? Hurt dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a hurt dog. Can I tell you something? Hurt dogs bite. Doesn't mean that it's a bad dog. It just means it's hurt. But you know, from our fleshly eyes, from our human eyes, the way that we approach that situation is, I was just trying to love you. I was just trying to pet you. I was just trying to be your friend. And then you turn around and snap at me, fine, get out. And, and Satan would love for us to just put up that block. They put up the block, and Satan would love for you to believe you don't need that person in your life anymore. They don't need to be around you. Get rid of them. They did you wrong. Can't trust them anymore. No, you can't trust the hurt spot. And you, you know what? While they remain hurt, they might snap at you again. But it doesn't mean that it's a bad dog. It doesn't mean that it's a bad dog. And whenever we can step back and pray and say, God, show me what my eyes can't see. All of a sudden, we're able to look beneath the fur and see the hurt. And now I'm going to treat that dog differently. Now I'm going to treat that relationship differently, and I'm going to try to find help for that relationship. I'm going to try to get them the answers fit for that relationship. And when the world sees that, Jesus is preached. Heaven is preached. Let's go to 2 Corinthians here. I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians. First Corinthians chapter two. <clears throat> We're going to go to verse four here. And this is just kind of confirmation of what I've said so far this morning. 
And my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom, right? That's man's wisdom, that's the flesh wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. If you have your Bible right now, you should go ahead and highlight that or underline it or whatever you do. So that your faith would not rest on the wisdom of men, what we can see, but on the power of God, what we can't see. Yet we do speak wisdom among those who are mature, a wisdom, however, not of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are passing away. But we speak God's wisdom in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God predestined before the ages to our glory, the wisdom which none of the rulers of this age has understood. For if they had understood it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But just as it is written, things which eye has not seen and ear has not heard and which have not entered the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love him. For to us, God revealed them through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the Spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, the thoughts of God no one knows except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God, which things we also speak not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit, combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. The natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. He cannot understand them because they are spiritually appraised. So we have, we have the option. Uh, sitting in one of probably two places, in this service. One, you feel like you are being attacked. You have been attacked. Maybe you were attacked and you didn't handle it this way. Maybe you were attacked and you handled it the way that most of us just want to lash out and handle things. All right, but you have, you have been attacked or are being attacked. And I want to encourage you this morning as we pray here in just a second, and as you go home and continue to pray, that you would ask God, Lord, please give me your spirit to show me if there's anything that I can't see with my human eyes this morning. Maybe you're on the other side, though. Maybe you're the one who is attacking. And the prayer is pretty similar. Because as much as, as we can see things in others, as God shows light on them, sometimes we need to pray for the spirit of discernment on ourselves. God, will you please show me any areas of my life that I don't see right now? And you know what? It's going to happen. And if it comes from a godly friend that they, they show you the areas. It might be difficult in that moment, but take it and receive it and pray about it. 
then we can move forward. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for today, Lord. Thank you for these Christ followers that are in front of me, God. Lord, if there's anybody in this room this morning that hasn't received your son as savior of the world, as as the man who came down, died on the cross, was resurrected, Lord, I thank you for them in this room right now, God. And if if that's you this morning and you feel like I man, I, I need that connection with God. I want you to raise your hand. Is there anybody in this room today? Okay. God, I pray, Lord, as these Christ followers that are in front of me, Lord, as they move forward, God, that as conflicts arise, as we know that it is inescapable, Lord, God, give us that moment, that pause that we need Lord, where we can stop making preparations for war, God, but that we can take a step back, read the letters and spread them out before you and say, God, show me. Show me anything that I can't see right now. And then help us, Lord, to move forward the way that you would call Christ followers to move forward. Lord, we love you, God. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Fuel for the Journey. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.